this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghosts, dogmen, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. Everybody doing good? I'm doing good. Everything is... It's here. It's for... Marching right along through the summer here in northern Florida. Okay, and uh, I'm going to do a quick interjection because I know everybody asks, okay, Marlene, you always talk about your chickens at the beginning of the show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy because I got two two guineas, two little guinea hens. You know, I put the eggs under a regular chicken. It's a long story, everybody that knows. And I got two chicks. And But what I did was, is I, was like, I, I can't keep bringing the chickens into the paranormal show. It's like, hello. So I, I set up a TikTok channel just for the chickens. I'm going to put a link in the credits of the show. Okay. And then I'm just going to, it's just much easier to do clips off my phone when I'm out there working with them versus trying to show them on here. So in the future, unless something spectacular happens in chicken world on my farm, you'll probably be better able to follow what happens with that part of my life over on the TikTok channel. So, and let's see how that goes. That's another, you know, that's a whole nother mindset as far as you know for people it's brief is the word for it i guess and also i wanted to remind you i know i just said it don't forget um substack i got the newsletter comes out about two three times a week you know and of course you can go to miamigoschronicles.com for links to everything everything everywhere podcast platforms you name it that's where you're going to find links to anything including if you need to email me for anything I said before, I'm already working on season 13 of Stories of the Supernatural. Okay, Stories of the Supernatural, season 13, folks, 13. It runs from January to July of 2023. Okay, so if you know of anybody or anything, send them over my way. You know, uh, as far as, like I said, I'm open to, you know, it doesn't have to be anybody that's an expert. Anybody that's had unusual stories, just tell them to send me an email. All right. Um, So that's in the works. And also, like I said, I am going to have the live stream for Halloween. I know a lot of people are saying, Marlene, Halloween is October. We're in August. I don't know where you're if where you're at, but I've walked into a couple of stores like in the last two weeks and they've dragged out a bunch of stuff out of Halloween that I was like, come on, guys, isn't this a little bit premature? But, you know, considering that I love Halloween, I don't mind but at the same time, maybe that's why I got it, Halloween on the brain. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be doing a live stream for Halloween-een, the Halloween night. Um, 
which, let me see, hopefully will not fall on a weekend because I know everybody is going to party. Okay, the 31st is a Monday. Wonderful. Okay, so everybody that's recovering from the weekend, Halloween weekend, where maybe they partied or whatever, you can come over and join me for the live stream. And I'll give you updates on that. And also, I know everybody asks me, how's the last book that I'm working on? Uh, I'm shooting for release in October, but I'm not sure yet because, you know, when you're juggling too many balls in the air, yeah, that's what happens. And if you get carried away before you know it, you're doing a horrible job on everything. And, uh, but yeah, uh, I'll let you guys know. I'll, I'll give you more up-to-date information on that as I get closer and a more definite release date. And, um, because believe it or not, there's something very time consuming having to do with it, which is the editing part. Editing takes a long time. So anyway, guys, let's get on to the good part. The good part is who is here tonight as a guest. This is the first time this gentleman has been on Stories of the Supernatural. Um, well, Micah, let me ask you something. Let me, let me bring you on. Hold on a minute. Here we go. Okay, there we go. Micah, as far as, because we were talking about the, uh, the, what, you know, what you do as far as, uh, as far as your, your podcast series and everything like that. And do me a favor, go ahead and give us, give us a short bio. Give me the, the, the elevator version of a bio about you. So I've been studying the Bible for 30 years. Okay. I've been studying the occult and esoteric for about 20. I've been studying something called astrotheology for okay. about 10. And I've been teaching it for about two and a quarter years now. Okay. And I've been doing podcasts just teaching people this ancient science that, um, that basically encases the Bible. Okay. Now, this was this something that you grew up in as far as childhood or did you have an experience how, how did you know not at all this? about 10 years i'm from long island and about 10 okay. years ago i moved to boston okay for a job. <clears throat> while i was there um you know the ipad had just come out so i'd be on the ipad going down rabbit holes and i discovered this thing called astrotheology and i just i fell in love with it and i started studying it studying it and then eventually after mm-hmm. uh, about a good year of okay. just studying it hours and hours and hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. I started doing it on my own. And I basically put together a presentation that I've done over 400 times in the last two years. Okay. And because you're... Because, the thing is this, you're also, besides... It, it sounds like almost, I want to say, for lack of a better word, you're... Um, your research, you basically, this interest has driven your research as far as your knowledge is what I'm saying. All right. right? Um, what, when, let me ask you, know, and, and the reason I'm asking this is sometimes when people research a certain subject, either it becomes more interested or they become disappointed. It, in other words, they run across information that either they say I'm on the right track or this is more than I thought, or they're like kind of let down because this is not what I originally thought. Right. What happened to you when you were doing all this research all this time? As far as um, this field, it was just, it was endless. It goes so deep. Honestly, okay. it's, it's the oldest and the deepest story that there is out there. It goes back to the Sumerians. Okay. And um, it's just, it's unbelievable. So when you, and, and I guess my question is the following, because sometimes a lot of this information, you know, as you know, when you go back further, you know, as far as research, when you start going into older 
versions. You know, sometimes it's, I'm sure you're aware that certain uh, versions were put out. Did, did you ever come across information or something that you're saying, you know, one of the, that there were opposing opposing versions? I mean, yes and no. It doesn't really affect my research. It doesn't really affect okay. my work. If one word changes um, mm-hmm. in the Hebrew Old Testament, the Ten Commandments says, "Thou shalt not murder." Right. In the New King James Bible, it says, "Thou shalt not kill." There's a very big difference between kill and murder, but it doesn't affect what I'm talking about. Okay, so basically, it wasn't anything that you came across that is like this is two t- totally different interpretations of whatever the case might be. Right. Okay. So then you went on, and you're an author. Uh, you have, and as I was, I was telling you before we started recording, uh, what happened? You incorporated all this information that you had taken, Correct. and you Correct. basically put I, it into a story, a fictional story. But there's I a did. layer of truth. The whole thing is truth. Right. Okay. The story is fiction, but the whole, the, the all the information I talk about is truth. Okay. So in other words, you just had took the fictional character and inserted him into. Right. So. Did you come? Do you think that any of this information that you researched is it not public knowledge because it's been hidden, Correct. or is it just so that okay? You know where I'm going with that because this is you know one of the the things here because I know that there's a comparison here from your books as to something like you know with a Dan Brown and the Da Vinci Code and right. things of this nature, which of course you know if you look at the you know. That type of book, basically, it's you know the the protagonist is come across information that only he because he de- de- deals in this type of things, but the general public has totally have no idea. Right, it's very similar to that. Okay, okay, and um, and I and, and I, why do you think? Let me ask you. Just and I know this is it could be, it could be a very deep question versus a very general question. Why do you think that the majority of the bulk of this information has been obscured from future generations, depending on when it was, basically? Um, so the reason it was hidden from everybody mm-hmm. is because they don't want you to know what the truth is. Okay. Um, that's basically that's basically what it is. And I have a presentation that I'm going to do about half of. Okay. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Because I was going to tell you the truth. That's like, it sounds like there's multi-layered truths to what you've researched, you know, versus the truth. I mean, um, how? I mean, it sounds like you were doing this for years, uh, right. and I don't know if it, for you it was something where you know, like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you get this one part, and then you get something else, and then you realize, hey, you know, these things are not really separate. They're, it's part of the same story, right. and then you know, maybe it leads you in another direction. Um, so what do you want to do? Do you want to talk more about this? Do you want me to bring up the presentation? Do you want to describe yeah, you can bring, maybe you can the, bring up the presentation? Okay. And we'll go through it. Okay. Here we go. Hey, there we go. Hold Let's on. get the presentation. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. That's better. Okay. So here we you are. Me, go ahead. You want, just, you want me to just start and go? Yeah, go, go for it. All right, so I start by saying, employ your time in improving yourself by other men's writings so that you shall come easily by what others have labored hard for, and that's what it is. I've put about 60 years' worth of combined studying into this presentation, and 
I'm just trying to get this information out there to people, and it's not what a lot of people are going to think. Now, <clears throat> when you talk about the Bible, okay, you have to understand is it's not what it seems, okay, at all, okay? It's something so completely different than you think it is, okay? The scriptures are known as the seven sciences. It's metaphysical, astrological, which is what we're going to go into, anatomical, alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. The Bible is not literal. It is not historical, it is not reality, and it is not original. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, but you know that, that, that right there, that when you just, that one thing, that's very controversial. Um, yes, it is, but I can make a good case for it. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't doubt it, but because there's a lot of people that, you know those two, that you those four things that you say they're not, those four bullet points, a lot of people think that it's exactly that. I so, understand but I'm going to show you how it's not. All right, go ahead. What we're talking about is this. We're talking about the Zodiac. Astrotheology mm -hmm. is the mythology with the Zodiac. Okay? Now, with Capricorn at the bottom and Cancer on top, this is how the Zodiac wheel should look. Okay. And there's stories in each, okay, which play out. Now, astrology or astrotheology goes back to the Lascaux Caves, which goes back 17,000 to 40,000 years. Okay, here you see the Lascaux cave paintings are 17,000 years ago on the left. World's oldest cave paintings show humans understood complex astronomy 40,000 years ago. That's on the right. This goes back to the Lascaux caves. Now, the Lascaux caves are these caves in Lascaux, France. That's mm -hmm. why it's called the Lascaux caves, because it's in Lascaux, France. Okay, there were some teenagers about 50, 60 years ago that went, not 50, 60 years ago. There's some teenagers that went in there recently. And when they went to the back of the wall, they saw something like this. Right. Okay. Now, on the top left, you see the bull. On the right, you see the lion. And on the bottom, you see the horse. Okay. Now, they quickly figured out that the bull was Taurus, the lion was Leo, and the horse was Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow. So what they did was they carbon dated the wall. Okay. And the carbon dating came out to 17,000 years old. Okay. Wow. And what they did was when they figured that out, they brought an astrologer and an astronomer with a computer because we have the technology to do what I'm about to tell you they did. What they did was they rewound the sky back 17,000 years. Right. Okay? And they printed out the stars that they saw on their computer program. And what they did was they superimposed it on the wall and all the constellations lined up to where they were. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's questions you can ask in the Bible. But Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th. All of that is astrology, and I'm going to show you that. Genesis 114 says, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's basically what it is, the giant sky clock. Okay. Now, each zodiac sign is called a house or an era, an eon, a sign. There are many words for it. So what you have to do in order to understand how to decode the Bible with astrology, I have to teach you the 12 signs. And I'm going to okay. teach you two words in each sign that relate to each sign. Okay? So we're going to start with Aquarius, which is the one I talk about, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. So it's mm -hmm. technically Aries begins the, the agricultural year, but I start with Aquarius because that's kind of the beginning of our year. Right. Goes back to the story of Zeus and the young boy. So Zeus saw a 14-year-old blonde boy on Earth, and he wanted him in heaven. He really liked him. Okay, and 
the boy's father wouldn't let him go up. So basically, long story short, Zeus bargained with the with the father, gave him a whole bunch of things. He took the boy up to heaven. The boy started serving people or the gods with this water pitcher, and in it was something called ambrosia, which is the nectar of the gods. And what basically happened was he got fed up with doing it time and time and time again that what he ended up doing was he went to the side of heaven and he poured it out just like in this picture and it caused the flood on earth that's where the greeks get their flood story from okay Okay? now zeus in a fit of rage was going to punish him but then realizing that he took a, a young boy up there kind of against his will instead of punishing him he immortalized him as the constellation aquarius so it's a greek story so there's key words. Whenever you hear son of man or man, because this is the sign of the man, baptism, because this is how you baptize someone, water pitcher, because this is a water pitcher, fountain, because a lot of fountains are, are kind of carved like this, stream, river, pond, lake, ocean, sea, water-related things, that's Aquarius. Pisces is the mutable water sign, too. It's the two fish in the water. So all the previous water examples here apply to Pisces, too. And there's ways to figure out which water they're talking about based on the patterns that it makes in the zodiac. Now, Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day. It's a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or the passing over of the sun over the equator on March 21st, and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the Passover is changed, and it's called the resurrection of God's sun. Okay, see, Easter and Passover both happen in Aries. The Jewish Passover is when the angel of death passes over all the houses and anyone doesn't have the lamb or the ram aries the ram anyone doesn't have the ram's blood on their door the firstborn sons get killed so whenever you hear ram lamb shepherd or ram's horn you're talking about aries okay and taurus is the bull when you look at the sky and you see taurus during the season where it's supposed to be you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in virgo and libra so whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, cow being the female bull, you're talking about Taurus. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. So whenever you hear this, and that's another Greek story. So whenever you hear twins or brothers, they're talking about Gemini. Okay? Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways moving creature. So what the sun does every year is starting on December 25th, it rises a degree on its axis. The next day, it'll rise an additional degree. The next day, an additional degree. Every day, rising a degree. Okay? It continues to do this. The nights get longer. The, I mean, the days get longer. The nights get shorter until it hits June 21st. That's the summer solstice. That's when the sun is at its height. It's the longest day of the year. Then for three days, it neither raises nor drops a degree. It walks sideways. Okay, that's why it's the crab. It stays at that height for three days. Then on June 25th, it drops a degree. The next day, it'll drop another degree. Now the nights are getting longer. The days are getting shorter. Okay, when it hits December 21st, that's the winter solstice. And then it walks sideways for three days again. And then it crawls back to life December 25th. And the sun does this year in and year out. So whenever you end the in the ancient Egyptian time, the crab was also known as the scarab. Okay, so whenever you hear crab, or beetle, you're talking about cancer. Then Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you hear lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. And Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. Remember before when we said that you plant in Taurus? Well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. 
So whenever you hear virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, grainy things, things that you harvest that always okay. happens during the harvest, which is in Virgo. And Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's considered the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins to descend into winter and to cold and to death. See, in the spring, March 21st, the Passover, it's being celebrated. Here, it's being judged and sentenced to death. Okay? Libra is also wine season, which is when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine here. It is also olive oil season. Okay? That's when you press the olives. All that takes place in Libra. So all law-related things, law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, that's Libra. Wine vineyard, wine press, grapes, juice, that's Libra. Olive oil or olive oil, that's Libra. Incidentally, frankincense and myrrh are both olive plants as well. So when you get to the New Testament and they're talking about that, they're mm -hmm. referencing Libra. Scorpio and it's the only inanimate object also in the Zodiac. As far as Libra is concerned, I'm just saying, go ahead, keep going. Okay. Scorpio is the scorpion. He is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. Okay. Judas represents Scorpio. Okay. Each one of the 12 disciples represents one of the 12 zodiacs. Wait, okay. This is really, this is super interesting. Wait, I'm like, okay. So, I mean, I've been, so basically you're saying the scorpion he's a betrayer and you said he when he bites you it leaves the imprint in your skin that looks like two lips correct all right now in other words the 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 kiss is is symbolic of betrayal is what you're saying right that's right that's right because it, it's a kiss which is a symbol okay. of love but it's full of poison so right. it's a betrayal all right okay, okay. So that's why jesus was betrayed by judas with a kiss so the son is judged in libra remember the judge okay. Uh -huh. betrayed in Scorpio finally in Sagittarius this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun this is where the sun dies why because on December 25th the sun is at its lowest point it cannot rise any lower it was considered okay. dead the ancients would look out and see the sun didn't even crack the horizon so they would right. say the sun was dead and it remains at that lowest level for three days it walks sideways which is why suddenly God's sun was dead for three days when on December 25th, or the birth of God's son, it rises another degree and starts to make its back over the way to the top. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, or horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. And then finally you have Capricorn, because he's the goat, because he likes to climb the mountain. The mountain goats climb on a one-inch ledge, okay? If you're looking at the zodiac wheel on the right, <clears throat> Capricorn is the very bottom. So it starts to climb up the mountain on the way up to Cancer, which is its height. So those are the 12 signs. Do you have any questions before I go into this? No, bit? no, no. Keep going. This is, I mean, I've heard of the Zodiac, but I've never seen this interpretation. This is fascinating. Keep going. Okay. There's names for Jesus in church. All of Jesus's nicknames are astrological in nature. And I'm going to show you that right now. Okay. Remember, Jesus is the sun. Okay. Mm -hmm. When the sun is in Capricorn, the goat, his name is the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun is in Aquarius, the man, he's called the son of man. When the sun is in Pisces, the two fish, he's called the fisherman of men. And it's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. When the sun is in Aries, the ram, the lamb, he's called the lamb of God or the good shepherd. Cancer, the crab, 
St. Augustine called Jesus the good beetle. When the sun is in Leo, he's the lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. These are all names that they give Jesus and it's mm-hmm. all astrological. Then he's right. betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius on December 21st. And it's also why he's worshipped on the sun day. Day. Okay. Wow. Now there's, I want you to look at this picture of Jesus on the left. This is a stereotypical picture that I just pulled off the internet. I'm going to draw your attention to a couple things. The sun behind his head, the two fingers up like this, the heart outside the body with the crown of thorns, Mm -hmm. the red and the white cloak, and his face, that stereotypical face. The sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. Okay. Every picture you'll find of Jesus, the sun is behind him or is relating to the sun. The two fingers up are an ancient Kemetic peace sign. This is an ancient Egyptian peace sign. This right here that I'm doing, this is a V for victory. This is Winston Churchill, the British. This is a war sign. This is a war sign. This is the peace sign. So when you see Baphomet or you see Buddha or you see Jesus or any of these entities doing this, they're telling you they're peaceful. Now, the white Jesus, his face, is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who was the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Okay. See, in the 1500s, Rodrigo Borgia of the Borgia uh, Illuminati family bought his way to the papacy. Yes. Okay. And the and what basically happened was there was no face of Jesus before then. Okay. The printing press came out 80 years prior, so suddenly they were able to mass produce this picture. Okay. Now the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart on the outside, and the heart is always on the outside of the body when you depict re- Jesus. Represents the rays of the sun. The heart outside the body represents the toroidal field or the human torus field. Okay. Now, the red and the white. Remember how I told you the Bible is also alchemical? Yes. The reason it's red and white, okay, it's called the marriage of the red king and the white queen. Or in alchemy terms, it's when you mix sulfur and mercury. All right. Okay. That would be alchemy. These are just a couple. Let me tell you something. I'm I'm like this. But Jesus's face was modeled by a Borgia. It's like, whoa, crap. you know, because, you know, it's true. You're absolutely true. This is the sacred heart of Jesus. And this is very prototypically that kind of like version. But you yeah. never think, who, who did they model this on? Right. Wow. Yeah. And Caesar Borgia really was a bastard. Not, in, I mean, like in real life. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know, no, no. I know. It's, that's why I'm saying it's very like, wow. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he killed his brother. He slept with his sister or just two things that he did. Um, now, these are some pictures that I just pulled. The sun is always related. Now, in the second picture, sometimes they put a Knights Templar cross in the sun. Mm-hmm. But you'll always see the two fingers up, the heart outside the body. You'll always see the same thing, even in baby Jesus. Look at these baby Jesus pictures. The sun is always behind his head. You'll see the North Star Polaris in every right. picture, too. Okay? And this is the human toroidal field. It's an electromagnetic field of the heart. It extends outside. Basically, it's like an apple. You're the core of the apple, and it extends around you six feet. Okay? That's why all the elites randomly came up with the idea to keep everyone six feet apart. It's so you couldn't interact with ultramagnetic. Wow. Whoa. Interesting. Because I know, you know, I've always heard of, you know, boundaries. You know how people like, hey, don't get too, you know, especially if somebody's a stranger. You always hear body boundaries, but that six feet thing, that's, it's not that much. In other words, your boundaries. Right, exactly. It's six feet. See, what happens is when someone comes up behind you, okay, you know that they're there. You're not a psychic. Mm-hmm. Okay, They broke your toroidal field. You can feel that. Okay, This is what it looks yeah. like when you interact with another one. It forms a vesica Pisces. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what it okay. looks like. 
This is Caesar Borgia on the right. This is another picture of Jesus. This is where he gets his face from. Oh. Okay. That's a mind bender, I'm telling you. It really is because that 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 face of Jesus is everywhere for every, you know. Right. It's uh so well used and God, if most people knew what it was who it was modeled on, it'd be like uh-huh. Absolutely. You know, I'd rather have been, have been some anonymous person rather than this guy. <laughs> right, exactly. But you know that everything evil gets hidden into good. Now, before the Shroud of Turin... Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that was on purpose? Or was it, it because he was a Borgia? Okay, well, that's why I'm bo- asking. It was both, yeah. Okay. Okay? Now, before the Shroud of Turin was discovered in 525 AD, almost all paintings and drawings of Jesus shown a young, beardless man. Okay, so now we're going to start decoding things with the keywords that I gave you. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna involve you in this. Okay. Sure. So if All I were right. to, you, you've heard of the phrase "pride comes before the fall." Of course. Can you explain that to your listeners? Well, do you think of pride? Somebody that's so full of pride that they set themselves up to take a fall. Like in other words, don't be overly conceited or prideful because it's going to lead you. you you're you're going to go. You're going to fall. You know. Correct. Correct. But. Astrotheologically, let me ask you a question. What do you call a group of lions? A pride. Exactly. A group of okay. lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. The lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the fall. So it's oh. a double entendre. Are you saying that that's really the interpretation of that phrase? Pride cometh before the fall. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to read you. I'm going to jump around from book to book. Go ahead. So I can show you. That it's not just in one book or not just a okay. book. Okay. In the book of Micah 5.2, my namesake. But okay. you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, in Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words. It's not a location. Bet means house and Lechem means bread. So the house of bread. Well, I told you each zodiac sign is called a house. And which one would the house of bread be? Well, that's Virgo with the wheat stalk. That's the house okay. of bread. So what they're really saying is the Savior will come from a virgin. Okay, if you okay. understand how to read this. Now, okay. the next one I'm going to read you is Deuteronomy 32. Okay, and I'm going to show you just how many signs start to come out. Okay? okay. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky grounds. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So let's go through this. He gave them honey okay. from the cliffs. In the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. Okay. okay? It's, it's called an asterism. It's a closely knit group of stars. It's like the Pleiades. Okay. Now, honey comes from the bees. That makes sense. Okay. Yes. Olive oil, we know that's Libra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Milk from the flock. Milk comes from the Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy has been called the Milky Way galaxy as far back as the Egyptian Book of the Dead that I found. Okay? What? Okay, thing. because I'm trying to think, how did how were they able to – I know this – I mean, I know there's certain things that maybe you could see, but something like being able to see the galaxy, that's – I didn't know that they could be able to do that. Of course they can. They didn't have light pollution. They didn't have industrial pollution. They didn't have any of that kind of stuff. They didn't have lights. They can look up in the sky and see the whole world. This whole, wow. whole, they can see everything. So the Milky Way galaxy centers in mm-hmm. Sagittarius. Okay? okay. So the beehive cluster is in Cancer. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius is your land of milk and honey. It's not a place on Earth. 
It's a metaphor for a celestial being. Okay? okay. Now, he gave them lambs, that's Aries, and goats, that's Capricorn. They had the best rams, that's Aries, from Bashan, and the finest wheat. Wheat is Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. Wine is Libra. That's when you press the grapes. But Jeshua became fat and kicked like a bull, and we know that the bull is Taurus. Okay, so there's ten signs in this one passage. Now I'm going to show you how to use the zodiac physically. But why would the they? Zodiac. Let me ask you that. Why yes. would they need to write that? Let's say that that right there. Why would they need to? Was it the custom of the day, or was there a reason why they wrote it in that kind of like? Now, unless you knew what you were looking at, you really didn't understand it. Is there a reason why they? Well, did they that? they put it everything in metaphors. I'm going to get to that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to get to I'm that. Sorry. I promise. Okay. So the Mount of Olives. Now, Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. So let's follow that story. Passover takes place in Aries. So look at your zodiac wheel that's on the left. Okay? Mm-hmm. Aries is on the left. Well, yep. right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Well, I told you Olives are Libra. So how do you go from... Aries to Libra, you go across the zodiac. They're known as right. opposing signs or cross signs. Mm-hmm. Now they're in Libra. They're waiting for Judas to betray him. Who's the betrayer? That's Scorpio. That's the scorpion. Okay? So you okay. go from Aries to Libra, then you're waiting for the next sign over. These are forming patterns. They're always going to be opposing signs or connecting signs. It's not you're not randomly going to be talking about twins and a goat. It doesn't work like that. There's always mm-hmm. going to be causing patterns. Okay. Okay. So you go from Aries to Libra and then the next sign is Scorpio, the betrayer. While in Libra, he gives the parable of the true vine and the vine we know has to do with grapes. So that's Libra. So that's how we're going to be decoding things moving forward. Okay. Okay. And Je- and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so... I talk about this. The firmament is a dividing lines between the zodiac signs, as you can see here. Now, it's not a literal thing. These, these don't actually exist in the sky. But what they do represent is a three-day period where one sign hands over the energy to another. The signs blend with each other. You've heard them as called cusps, cusps or handover yes. dates. Mm-hmm. Cusps, yes. That's what it represents. Okay. The firmament is not a dome over a flat earth. That's not what it is. The firmament is the dividing lines between signs. Because when you're at a firmament... Okay, let me show you here. Okay, we were just talking about this. Passover's in Aries. Okay? Right. When you're in Aries, you can only talk about the lamb, the ram, the shepherd, or things of that nature, or Passover, for example. Right. But if you're at the firmament of Aries and Taurus, now you could talk about that, or you could talk about the bull and the cow. Okay, does that make okay. sense? Yes. Okay. So the firmament is dividing lines. So look at this. Divided the waters which are under the firmament, Pisces, from the waters which are above the firmament, Aquarius, and it was so. Okay, so this is how I'm just building a universe for you. Mm-hmm. Revelation 4 7. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. There's people that believe there's literally going to be a four headed animal in the sky. However, the first living creature was like a lion, that's Leo, the second was like an ox, that's Taurus, the third had a face like a man, that's Aquarius, the man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Now, when you get deep into astrology, you'll learn that in astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Okay. okay. Much like the um, the snake in the Garden of Eden. What's the first thing happening to him after he after he helped betray? They took away his legs. So he had to crawl on his belly. In Santo de la Muerte in Mexico. 
Okay, people dress up in suits, get on their belly, and crawl to church. Okay, it's a form of punishment. Yes. Now, the evolved form, also known as the ascendant of the scorpion, is the eagle, which is the highest flying form of life on Earth. So the eagle becomes Scorpio. So now you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Those are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. You have things called fixed signs, mutable signs, cardinal signs. The reason they're called fixed is because they're fixed in their season. Leo is in the middle, right in the middle of summer. Taurus, spring, Aquarius, winter, eagle, or Scorpio, fall. Now let's read this one more time. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Now the man and the lion are opposing signs. The ox and the scorpion are opposing signs. So when you read this and you look at the zodiac, it makes this pattern. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. Four fixed signs. So that's what they're actually talking about. It's not actually going to be a four-headed thing in the sky. These, yes. these are yes. all celestial metaphors. Okay. Ezekiel 1014. Each of the cherubim had four faces. One face was that of a cherub, the second the face of a human being, the third the face of a lion, the fourth of a flying eagle. Revelation 12, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, 10 horns, and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the skies, the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Again, people thinking there's going to be a giant pregnant woman and a dragon in the sky, but there actually is. Okay. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's just a metaphor. Okay. Now, if the sun's in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. So there's 12 zodiac signs. There's a 24-hour-a-day clock, so the, the sun spends two hours a day in each sign. Mm-hmm. When the sun is in Virgo, if you do the math, that's between 4 and 6 p.m. That's still daytime. So if the okay. sun is out, the moon will be at her feet, right? It's just a metaphor. Okay. All right. Okay? Now, another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Look at Draco on the left. This is the tail. The constellation Draco is the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four-twelfths of the signs or one-third of the stars out of the sky. Okay, so these are all just celestial revelations. Okay. Revelation 7-4. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. So there's people who think that... Only 144,000 people, the Jehovah's Witnesses especially, mm-hmm. are going to go to heaven. But that's not the case, okay? Because this has influence, the Bible has influences from the East. They're talking about the chakras here. There okay. are seven chakras. The root has four petals, the sacral has six, the solar plexus has 10, the heart has 12, and the throat is 16, which equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96 and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. So 48 times two gets you 96. <clears throat> the crown chakra is a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six, you get 96 plus 48 equals 144. You multiply that by the pineal gland chakra and you get your 144,000. When you've activated okay. all your chakras, that's when you get to see God. Wow. Matthew 10, 16, you've heard this. Behold, I send you forth a sheep in the midst of wolves. Well, the sheep is okay. Aries. And the wolf is the constellation Lupus, who borders the Libra line. Look at the pattern it makes in the Zodiac. Yes. Again, opposing signs or connecting signs. That's all that's ever made. And these okay. are done this way on purpose. Let me but ask you, were they, were they using these astrological signs as in for the timing? Or just because this was how they wanted... They were, they were trying to write in such a way that they were using these signs as a... 
I guess is a hidden way. They wrote this. They wrote this to hide the wisdom. That's what they did. Okay. Okay. They wrote, they wrote right. parables and they wrote scripture to hide the wisdom. Okay. Um, okay. The Bible is an encoded farmer's almanac. Okay. I've gone over the twelve signs. I told you when you harvest, when you reap, mm-hmm. when you plant, when winter's coming, when spring's coming. You know what happens uh, for the summer solstice, the winter solstice. It's a farmer's almanac. So let me ask you something, Micah. If something and and to me, you tell me like a farmer's almanac. That's I want to say that's the most innocuous thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? As far as why would you want to hide information like an almanac? You understand because most people think of hidden or you know things hidden in plain view or. Because it's either dangerous information or goes against the... Well, they're basically mapping out the heavens. They're basically mapping out the heavens. They're telling you where each star is. If you know how to read this, okay, cipher, they're telling you where everything is. I'm going to tell you a quote real quick from John Dominic Croissant. Okay? okay? He says, my point is, once again, is not that the ancients told literal stories, and we are mm-hmm. now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that right. they told them symbolically... And we are now dumb enough to take them literally. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> because you know what? When you're describing what you're describing, when you are telling it, it then you go, oh, I get it. And I'm thinking to myself, um, because at that time, let, we're ta- let's, you know, maybe when only very small amount of people were literate, okay, right. which would be the only ones that would have access to it, did they do that on purpose? What you got to understand is it wasn't always that way. Um, I've traced this code back to the Sumerians, the Babylonians, the Egyptian mm-hmm. Book of the Dead, the Quran. It's all written okay. the same way. All the ancient holy books are all written the same way because the heavens are God. The heavens are the heavens. Right, are exactly. Well, right, and it's there. It's like, and right. I, I understand what you're saying. It's not like, oh, you know, I have this special book which I have put away in this shelf and it's locked away. If you know what you're looking for in the, in the heavens, it's there. It doesn't um, – no, because I'm, I'm getting to the part where I was like, man, did somebody so, al- along the lines decide we're going to make this knowledge – not forbidden, that's yes. the, r- the wrong word, but we're going to disguise it? Yes. I'll read this to you real quick. What is the okay. point of this? This is what I was getting at. What is the point of this? I'll jump ahead. Mm-hmm. We take for granted we have calendars, clocks, watches, weathermen. The ancients didn't have any of that. They had sundials. In the Bible, they worked on dream interpretations for harvest. They had to know things. They needed to know Taurus is when you put the plow on the bull and plant as above, so below. The Bible is an encoded farmer's almanac and was the knowledge of staying alive, which was the most important thing. Yes. They would look at the stars and see all the movement and make stories up about them, then pass them down to their children, then them to their children. Eventually, they learned how to write and wrote them down, and they evolved from Sumerian to Babylonian to Egyptian to Judaism to Greek, kind of passed back and forth, then to the Christians, then to the Quran, and now to the new religion. That's the point of this. So you're saying that, let's say for the sake of the Bible, at least the Old Testament, what you're saying is the Hebrews took all this information that these prior civilizations had, and they wrote it. Their version of it is what you're saying. That's into, right. Let's, That's right. To the Old Testament. Okay. That's right. If you go to my YouTube channel, Micah Dank, I have mm-hmm. my, I have all my work on there. Okay. It's, it's everything that I've done so far. It's it's all the ancients. This is this code is in everything. Okay. And it makes patterns in the sky. So let me. Okay. Are you familiar with the Book of Job? No, I mean I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. You're not. So Job. Was well, Job. I know. I know what the Job the, the tribute. But yeah, go ahead. Job was a wise man. 
okay? And he was very, very humble and loving to God, okay? And Satan came up to God and said, the only reason he's loving to you is because he has wife, children, animals, house, money. You know, if he took that away, he won't be humble or he won't, he won't praise you. And God says, I'll take that bet and I give you permission to do whatever you want to him, but you may not take his life. So Satan says, okay, so little by little stuff starts dis disappearing and running away and getting sick and dying. At one point he's sitting there and he's crying up to God. And God actually answers him. This is one of the times that God literally speaks in the Bible. And I'm going to read you the answer. And the first sentence that I read you is what God says. And the second is the interpretation. Okay. Okay. Job 38, 32. God's first says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? Well, the Maseroth is literally the Zodiac. His first question is, do you know your Zodiac? Maseroth over time becomes Mazelot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which means good fortune from the stars. So the Lord's challenge to Job, he says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are obvious celestial metaphors. Mm -hmm. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of heavens? Well, that's literally the man tipping it over in Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? Mariga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's a Celis borealis, meaning donkey, and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille, or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. So you have the horse. The quiver rattles against its side. Well, what's the quiver for? The quiver is for the arrows. So you have the horse with a bow and the arrow. That's Sagittarius. Okay. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook? And we know that at the early ages of Christianity, they were competing fish gods. You had Dagonism. You had Mithraism. You're Leviathan. Leviathan was a fish god. Fish is Pisces. So you see how God literally just tests him on the signs, on, okay. on the stars. That's all he does. Okay? When you understand how to read this, that's all he does. That's all this whole, the, the whole Bible is. Okay. I mean, if I, if I go to the book of Psalms, he sends forth springs in their valleys. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and wine, which makes man's heart glad, so that he may make his face glisten with oil. The high mountains are for the wild goats. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. The young lions roar after their prey. The springs are Aquarius. The wild donkeys are Arcellus borealis, which are in Cancer. The cattle is Taurus the bull. The wine is Libra. The oil is Libra. The wild goats are Capricorn. The moon for its seasons, the sun knows its place of its setting, is openly talking about the sun and the moon. The lions roar after their prey are Leo. So I have another one from Psalms, but it's the same okay. thing. So answers to the questions at the beginning, right? How Jesus was able to heal the blind. Remember, Jesus is the Piscean Age solar deity. Okay. He's an astrotheological, allegorical metaphor for the sun, just okay. like Horus was, just like Amen-Ra was. Right. Okay? Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, I don't know if you can see around here right now, but it's dark. Mm -hmm. If you're looking where I am, it's dark. I have a light on. Okay. Um, without it, I'm blind. I can't see. 
But when the sun comes up in the morning, suddenly you have sight. Now, in the story, Jesus touches the blind man's eyes. He licks his fingers and touches the blind man's eyes, and suddenly he can see. But the sun does the same thing, too. How the sun walks on water. You ever see the sun on a sunset before on a lake? Right. The sun literally walks across the water. Okay? Jesus' name is Jesus Christ. Okay? Christ in Greek is Christos. Christos means oil or anointed one. Well, doesn't oil also walk on water? You ever poured oil on water before? Yeah, no. you're right. No. It's yes. a double entendre. Yes. Okay. And we turned wow. water into a wine. This isn't a parlor trick. This is a this is an uh, agricultural process. Mm-hmm. So the reason God is considered a man and Earth is considered a woman has to do with one thing. Okay, it has to do with God's sacred reign, the fluid. Okay, in Hebrew the word is shemen. We get the word semen from it. God's sacred fluid pours onto Mother Earth. Okay. And from her belly, fruits and vegetation grow. Okay? okay? So that's why she's a woman. Now, you Taurus, that's when you plant. And in Taurus, you have April showers bring May flowers. Everyone knows that. So God's mm-hmm. rain pours and pours and pours. You plant the grapes, and then you it pours and it pours, and then you 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 harvest in Libra. You know, it pours all the way through. So that's how you turn water into wine. Okay? So let me ask you in all of this uh, because I had heard this that 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 same thing where you had you know prior to you know Christianity where you had the same thing where you had a, a type of figure that was born of a virgin you know oh, and you know dies and comes back story. to life three it's days the, after it's all the same story it's all right. the same story twelve disciples dead mm-hmm. for three days. Born on December 25th. I'm telling you this ancient story. This is, they right. call it the greatest story ever told. This is the only story ever told. Okay? okay. Because it has to do with the sun. Because without the sun, nothing exists. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. So that's why it's that. Why you had 12 disciples? Each one of the zodiac signs represents one of the disciples. I already told you that Judas is Scorpio, the betrayer. Okay. Well, how about John the Baptist? Wouldn't he be Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher? Yes, that's right. So they all have roles. I'm not going to go into all that. But why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we did that. Why he was dead for three days, we did that. Why is his birthday on December 25th, we did that. I told you, it's all astrology. So basically, it's just taking, um, and we're going to use Christianity in this in this case. It's basically taking a story, you know, that was was used by prior civilizations, you know, but put inserting their their deities, in other words, right. And, but the, the 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 story told is the same thing. Right. I have a second half of this presentation that I'd love to do with you because I'm coming up on the end of the first half. Yes. If you're interested. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because I'm not going to be able to do it now because I'm going to have to hop off and get on another oh. podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to – we can reschedule this for the second part. Absolutely. This to me, I'm like – I'm taking this in. I'm like, my brain's going. Shh. You, you, you just, you, you just don't notice the smoke coming out of my ears because, you know, you know, you hear little bits and pieces of what you're kind of, but then you're not really sure how much of this is real, you know, or you know, and then of course, like you said, you never see the the Bible. You know, I mean, in other words, you hear yes, the Bible's been edited, and people, are, you know, different whatever things have been added or taken off. You know, that kind. Of, you always hear that, yeah. right? Uh, but not from the perspective of what you're describing. Right. You know, that makes it so interesting because then it makes you realize this, there's something here. Um, yeah. Now remember this, Marlene, 
I told you the Bible was seven sciences. I'm only giving you one. Oh, yeah. Okay, the Bible is, it's more than you could learn in a lifetime. Okay. Okay, I've been studying astrology and astrotheology for 10 years. I teach it. Let me ask you, what, what do you think that, and I know that there's different versions of the Bible, it, you know, it, are there any works that are omitted or taken out that are part it, of the story? It doesn't matter. I've done the, I've done the Gnostic texts. I'm doing uh-huh. the Nahumadi. Yes. Um, all the Gnostic texts and all that, the Book of Enoch, you know, the yes. Book of Thomas, the Book of Judas, the Book of Mary Magdalene, Philip, all that. I've done all that. They all have the same code. Really? Yes. Okay. Everything. Okay. Exactly. And that's where I'm going is like, you know, did, as you always hear, there's, it was edited, you know, along the line, along the way, things were left out or taken out purposely and things were, you know, as far as the Gospels and things like this, the, you know, we'll leave that in. And it's like, okay, I wonder what happened when he went in there and did he come across stuff that is like, well, this right. this is part of it, whether it's part of the official Bible. And I know that there's, you know, different interpretations but so, but basically, you're telling me that, that this roadmap that you have, as far as interpreting the works, is applicable across the board oh my to God, all these yes, different. Yes, I've done it to the Epic of Gilgamesh. Really, this, the Enuma Elish, the Quran, uh-huh. the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I've done it to the Code of Hammurabi. It's all the same. I have one question for you. At the very beginning, when you showed those cave paintings, when you look at them, you're thinking what they were depicting is their, you know, what they were hunting. In other they're words, food. correct, they're right? Food. They're, they're hunting. This is well, what they that's above, so below, Marley. You've heard right. That, right. How so did these? Below, so below. How did they? You know, and how did they? Or was it somebody that said, "Let's put this up on the"? This is basically what they're depicting: their stars, you know, astrological signs versus what they're hunting. Well, that right there is a big jump. To, this is where I get into the supernatural a little bit. Ah, okay, um, okay. At some point, this ancient science that repeats. I mean, I've right. shown you. Dozens of codes so far. Right. Okay. This could be done in any book. All right. Any okay. ancient holy book. Okay. At some point, the science was taught to us. Okay. Because I'm trying to think, okay, where's the jumping off point for this? Well, think about it like this. The sun tells the hour of the day. Uh-huh. The moon tells the day of the month. The zodiac tells the month of the year. Where we're located in the middle, in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy, in the middle of nowhere. There's a perfect right. solar count. There's a, there's a sky clock. Right. That they figured out thousands of years, and then they wrote it in an encasing book. We don't give – there's something called chronological ethnocentrism where basically <clears throat> we think that people in the past are dumber than we are now. That's basically the yes. dumb version of it, and yes. it's, it's literally not the case. It's like John Dominic Croissant said. We're now you know, dumb enough to take it literally. So do you think that all these things like Stonehenge or, and I'm, when I say pyramids, I'm not only – an astro- astrological uh, site. The they are, they're all the part of that same... Right. Gobeki Tepe, the same yes. thing. Okay? okay. The Antikythera mechanism that they found in the water, that was an ancient computer that used to track the stars. Mm-hmm. It was, it's all... It, this is the code. This is the secret behind it. And everything. all these pyramids... Now, I'm not talking only Egyptian. I'm talking, you know, that they found, like, whether it's... Yeah, they, all line up, they all line up to Orion's belt, yeah. It, oh, they're all along the same lines as far as the study? As far of, as how they line up to Orion's belt, yeah. Wow. It makes you wonder... How did we all get on the same page? Even though supposedly, right. you know, some of these cultures or civilizations, there wasn't any crossover as far as that we that we know, right? As far as how they shared knowledge, right? 
So just letting your letting your listeners yes. know that if they wanted to connect with me, I'm on absolutely. Tour. You gotta. I mean, do you ever go into Atlantis? I have to. I have to ask. Um, to the extent that Edgar Casey talks about it. Yes. Okay. Um. What was I going to say? Twitter, real Mister Dank. Spell out Mister. Facebook and Instagram, Mike Dank. Mm-hmm. YouTube, Mike Dank. All my work is okay. there. You know, you can you can catch up on all this stuff. Let me tell you something. I'm, but don't don't don't. So as far as Atlantis, we're talking here along the Casey readings. Is what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That is oh boy. Thank you. It has been wonderful. They I'm show gonna... you. They show you in in movies yes. and TV. Superman, the Cave of Crystals. They show it to you. Wait, wait, wait! Stop! Oh, what do you mean, Superman? The break? Okay. See, see, you you throw out these curveballs, and it's like, wait a minute, Superman is a comic book. No, the movie. Yeah, I know, but based on, a, okay, I know, no, no, I know, but it's like, so basically, the person that made the movie uh, was throwing in these uh, symbolism into the movie. Is that what you're saying? The elites, the really high up people know this science. They know this okay. stuff. Is this part of the reason why some of it is obscure or veiled or, yep. you know, okay. the best thing, the best thing that they can have is people arguing about it without the truth coming out. And you know what? Astrotheology has the benefit of making a lot of sense too. Okay. Whereas when you, when you read religious texts, you have to use things like apologetics to explain how a donkey talks or, or this happens, you know? Right. And then it's like, and like, and exactly like what you were saying, you you can't read this as in a literal translation physically, no, that this is what happens. Can't. You, you can't, this has seven different layers to it. And I'm just teaching one. And I just, it, I didn't even go into the book of Matthew, which I, I'm going to do with you next time. Yes. And obviously this is still going on in modern times. If we're talking here, Right. Um, you know, the movies, you know, which is something basically what's a hundred years right. uh, where, and I mean, how can I say this? You always hear, yeah, that, that sometimes they insert symbology, you know, like into movies, but not along the lines as far back when you start, you know, like, you know, when you pull the string is how far back does this really go? Right. So will you let me know what your, uh, yes, what your don't know. You will get an email from me very soon, and we will. We're going to go to part two, and maybe part three, and maybe part four. Sounds good. Thank it you was, for having me on. Absolutely, it was my pleasure. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Wow. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm. You know what? He's talking, and I'm looking at this. Um, you know, at his presentation, and I'm playing catch up. I'm like, uh, okay, because I think I have the general knowledge of like what most people have of the zodiac and the twelve signs, and yeah, I understand about you know ascendance and you know that they're based on these stars and the heavens, and they wrote, you know, this is like very generalized information that most people have, and. When he's throwing those things out, I'm like, huh? What? What do you mean? And it's like, you. Ne- I guess what I'm trying to say is you never think of astrology or, you know, stuff that everybody knows about astrology or whether you want to call it New Age astrology. You never connect that as in an in interpretation or the filter that you're going to put on 
um, texts like the Bible or things of, you know, pre-Christian Judeo writings from other civilizations. Uh, stuff like that is really like, I'm telling you, I'm like going, and again, you know, and, and, and I know, I know that's part of me, which is, I wish I could have gone into it. To me, it's like, okay, if, and, and I understand that part where maybe whether when we were going from, we became hunter-gatherers to, you know, more agricultural and, and even when you were hunter-gatherers, you know, the people had to be aware of seasons, okay? Because even if you weren't planting and you were following uh, herds or if you knew, okay, we're going to move from this area to this other area because the weather becomes... In other words, you, you had to be aware, like he said, it, survival was an everyday thing. So knowing this information, being aware of it, like the timing, okay, this is, okay, We're now is the time that we're going to leave and go to this other place because we know that the winter will start coming in. I'm talking here, you know, migratory or nomadic type of people. And then, of course, when you started talking about when, a, you know, civilization started to, you know, plant things and, you know, became a little bit more stable. And, of course, this allowed cities and all this and all that. I absolutely can see how that works. And, I mean, I'm a modern person. And even now, um, and I live in Florida, which is not really a season-heavy state. And this it's something that you watch for. And, and, by, and by no means does my survival depend on it, is my point. And I still watch out for it. I still watch out for it uh, because it affects me. You know, rainfall, lack of rainfall, cold weather, hot weather. So can you imagine if your survival depended on it? Okay, in other words, you didn't have the benefit of what we have now, air conditioning or heating to control your your, your weather, your temperature, you know, whether you had to uh, move your flock or harvest things. And I can see where this was seen as really important, okay, uh, whether you put enough food away for the winter, you know, what you harvested. Now, people, a lot, a lot of people... We don't think about that because, let's face it, we can go to the nearest, uh, well, we don't even have to go anywhere at this point. We can get stuff delivered from the nearest, because just, just about now, uh, all the food chains uh, will do deliveries of food stuff for you, all right? So, in other words, that that need to, that imperative need that we people had back in those times of, the timing of stuff, how important it was, or that it could spell death for you or your family two or three or four months down the line, that is not far-fetched when you start looking at it through the prism of what he's describing, all right? My thing was that it was like, wow. And again, I'm hoping when he comes back, he can explain like why the, again, how was, what's, why this, all the symbolism? why the because I'm thinking you know like I said eventually at some point where once we get into written language all right you always think of the common people not really being literate okay and maybe you had of course royal families or scribes and maybe priests I'm talking about pre you know who 
and maybe they were literate. Uh, why the the the? Why make you so convoluted? I mean, I can understand. How's this? I can understand how. Let's say. Hmm. Let's say the times where if you were to, like what happened with Galileo, you know, he was um, or Nostradamus or any of these people that were talking about stuff that the church was going to come and knock on your door going, what are you talking about? You know, where you were like, you wrote things very symbolically because you wanted to keep your head on your shoulders. That I can understand. Okay. Uh, or, you know, when you see some of these paintings of these masters where they would put all these sim- symbolic items in paintings that unless you knew what you were looking at or what they meant, you would just say, oh, it's just part of the, but it's not. Because remember, at one point, from what I understand, let's say during the time of the Renaissance and even, well, even let's say in the time of the Renaissance, you know, the they, you weren't as an artist really allowed to, um, how can I say it, create, whether you were a sculptor or painting, anything that was secular, anything had to be tied into religion. All right, uh, a religious figure in the Bible. Of course, you know we have all the different uh, paintings of Jesus, Mary, or the Holy Family, or the apostles, or you know even even David. David was you know David and Goliath. David was part of the Bible. In other words, but you could not go really off. And then then you we got into the part where you were depicting you know let's say the Mona Lisa. Which God knows, there's a there's a gazillion million versions of who the Mona Lisa is, why the Mona Lisa. But I'm saying, or or you were painting um, your patron, all right? You were, somebody came and paid you to, hey, I want you to, because of course there's no photography. I want you to paint my wife or myself or my children. And you know, later on it got, but you really couldn't go off too much out of that lane because before you knew it, you could be, you know, you could be uh, exiled or killed or branded a heretic bottom line i could see where maybe things were cloaked but all these things far back which predate any of that why would why would it and then i i I, you know what i i think i understand what he means layer upon layer upon layer because you know to a lot of people let's say in the bible it's like there was a time before the bible was ever written all right before the hebrews you know, whatever wrote the Old Testament, which he talks about other diff- different civilizations which had their own versions of whatever, you know, whether it's their religious beliefs or their stories of creation, uh, whatever. And this is what we talked about that some of these things dovetail in similarity, and maybe not exactly very, very similar that you're like, okay, so how does this all end up being so closely related one thing to the other? And it's 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 a real you know what and of course you know when we hear it it's news to uh it's new to us when i say us i mean as in modern or more recent and depends also what you want to call modern are we talking 500 years a thousand years two thousand years all right and of course i'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that you know hear that uh you know astrology you know uh you know some religious especially christian sects are anti-astrology things of that nature Um, and uh, I I really don't understand that too well why because I don't I mean anything that you could ever hear about you know that you you know people read in there the newspapers 
oh, what is you know whatever your sun sign is, what does it say for today? You know, to me, it was harmless, absolutely harmless. And I know there's people that have done their birth charts and when the degrees in the houses, and you know how much that influences what your uh, basically your birth chart. You know, and it kind of details, uh, you know, physically how you're going to look and maybe your personality and maybe even your life path. But even then, mm, I, I still don't see how it could be contradictory to any type of belief system. Uh, but it's, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm almost in my, the back of my mind. I'm like, hmm. Wow. And of course, somebody that studied all this stuff for so long. This really makes your head like, wow. I mean, how much else is there? And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this one out. And I know there's people going to, okay, I'm sure that back in 2007, was it? Was it 2007? When The Secret came out. All right. And everybody... If you haven't seen, I'm sure you've heard of it, which is a secret. I be, I can't remember the lady's little name right now. She's Australian, but and when you read it, well, not when you read it, when you see it, even though there's a book version of it, she kind of like alludes, kind of in a way to what he was saying about that there's a secret, which elites or people in the know, or whether they're the priest class or the people up the food chain, whether they were royal or the top of the heap whatever you want to call it, where, wh- wh- however the organization works. They're the ones that had all this knowledge of how things really work. And basically a lot of the, the uh, regular people, you know, we're all these, um, all this knowledge is kept from us because if we had it or we understood more or less how things worked, how's that, then, you know, we wouldn't, I don't, I don't want to say we would be at the bottom, but it's almost like there's more to what we're saying that life is or the way things work or the universe works or um, manifestation works versus than what we're led to believe. And we're easily distracted by a lot of things, which, by the way, I do agree on, on a lot of the precepts. <clears throat> and, and you know, she in that, that movie, they had a bunch of people come on, like self-help gurus and a lot of people, interesting people saying stuff. And and, and I know that a lot of it, it took off. That, that movie took off. And then it got criticized really heavily because they were like, oh, this person's oversimplifying. You're like, you're going to sit there and you're going to think your way out of a problem or you're going to think like, oh, I, I need a new car. And, you know, I want to concentrate and poof, the car's out. And by the way, that's not really what it, what it says. It's, that's, that's not really what it said. Um, but then that's a whole other story about as far as, but there, there's a part of it in the sense of what he's saying that when I asked him, well, why is this so hidden? Why, why can that, why can't you just say this is the, which is what I want to ask him about again when he comes back is like, who, at what point did this become? Okay. Why do I have to, why can because I know Virgo, for example, is a virgin, but why can't, uh, when they say the olive oil, why can't they just say, well, the, the, the Libra or the scales or the what the justice, why can't they just say that instead of phrasing it as when the time of the olive oil? I know there's got to be an answer for that. I know there's got to be an explanation for that. And that's what I want to find out. So, hey, guys. 
<laughs> let me go let me just let me go cool off my brain or something please go to miamighostchronicles.com you're going to find all my information there uh everything that's going on i'm going to have a link to micah's uh main website which he has links to everything else on there and by the way we didn't get even get into that he has a seven book series all right a seven book series in um you know how can i say it it's it's the series is called into the rabbit hole and it's it's a fictional character all right but what the 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 world or the that he creates for it is based on his research all right and it's along the lines kind of like dan brown's you know the his series of you know oh, how can i say it hidden stuff or symbolism but it's just great it's great because you you read it i started reading you know the free uh you know that you can sample something over on amazon i started reading it it's like seven books and i was like wow it really takes off that's another thing that uh you should check out is if you go to amazon of course look up micah dank d-a-n-k and you can look at his series uh on there and um i mean and he told me before we started um recording that he's got an eighth book he's got an eighth book in the mix going on right now along the same series by the way so there you go so i've got a lot of interesting guests i'm i've got to like formulate a new a second visit with danka uh we, we, in other words this is like um because i'm thinking i i could see where i could talk to him for like about three or four more shows to be honest with you it's like where do you go with this hmm? all right guys it has been great i will keep you updated on uh like i said the halloween special and please come back every week i really enjoy this time that we spend together and i believe you are all wonderful Take care.